in uh, one way or another, you prepare for almost everything you do during a week. Before you go to school or work, or even before you came to church, you prepared what you're going to wear, you prepared what you're going to take with you, you prepared what time you're going to leave, and you even prepared your thoughts to make sure you're in the right frame of mind and that you're going to the right place. We also be prepare before we make big decisions, like buying a house or a car, and we even prepare before we go to a sporting event by, of course, buying tickets and, for many people, wearing the colors of our team. Although vacations are supposed to be relaxing, we also prepare sometimes days or months or years for a, for a vacation by learning more about the place we are going, how long we want to stay, how much we want to spend, what kind of food we want to eat, and all the other important details of a trip. Preparation is such an important part of our life that we not only do things, we also spend so much time preparing to do them. In short, we prepare for everything we consider to be important. That is why there is a lot of truth in the saying, if you fail to prepare, then prepare to fail. Preparation is also a very important part of the Bible. The early chapters of the Gospels of Matthew and Mark quote the prophet Isaiah, chapter 40, verse 3, as they focus on the need to prepare for the coming of Jesus, the Messiah. The Gospel of Mark opens in this way. The beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who shall prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. The Old Testament prepared for the New Testament. St. John the Baptizer prepared for the coming of Jesus, and Jesus prepared for his death and resurrection. The church readings and liturgical celebrations are also meant to prepare us. Therefore, before we started the fast, there were five weeks set aside to prepare us with important themes of faith, healing, humility, prayer, repentance, and fasting. Then we started our 40-day journey of Lent, which is also a preparation for Palm Sunday, Holy Week, and, of course, Easter. The day before Palm Sunday is Lazarus Saturday, and on this day we read the Gospel of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. This is meant, of course, once again, to prepare us by showing us that if Jesus can raise Lazarus, he can also raise himself, and at the end of time, he can also raise all of us from the dead. Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday also prepares us for 
his entry to Jerusalem a few days after that in humility on Good Friday to suffer and die on the cross. And then, after we have followed Jesus throughout his life, his agony on the cross prepares us in a very slow way, in a somber way, for the greatest event that happened in human history, his glorious resurrection. Therefore, the whole Bible and all our prayers are integrated in such a close way that they are meant to prepare us for the event that follows, which then prepares us for the next event, which culminates in the resurrection. That is why it is so important to prepare ourselves not only on Sunday before we come to church, but on every day if we take our spiritual life seriously and if we want to continue to grow in our spiritual life. Our daily prayer life should focus in three simultaneous directions. First, the past then the present, and then the future. We pray every day, hopefully, to remind ourselves to thank God for all the blessings we have received. In fact, if you try to count them, you probably couldn't. And then we move on to thank God for all the blessings we are currently receiving. All the many things around us that are such a blessing and that we often take for granted. And then prayer also helps us to realize and to focus on all the blessings we will receive. Very often, our prayer life is very narrow and it only focuses on what we want to receive, not what God has already given us, not what God is giving us right now and what God wants to give us for our good. And as I mentioned last week, we often treat God as a soda machine where we just press buttons and we expect the answer right away. True prayer puts ourselves in God's hands and is ready for whatever ride and wherever God wants to take us. Because God does not do things to us in the negative sense of the word, but God does things with us. And when we set aside our own dreams, our plans, and our sometimes too lofty ambitions to give God permission to drive us where he wants to drive us and to lead us where he wants to lead us, we not often but always realize that God's plans for us are much greater and, much, and bring us much greater blessings than whatever plans that we thought were the best to us. Prayer shows we are grateful for the past and the present before it seeks the future. It also shows us that we need to prepare for the blessings that God will give us in so many ways. Prayer reminds us that regardless of what has happened and what is happening or will happen, we always have firm confidence that God is with us and that God is strengthening us in so many ways. In today's gospel, Jesus prepares himself 
And he also prepares his 12 disciples for his suffering, death, and also his resurrection. However, they missed that he was also preparing them for their own suffering and death, which all of them died as martyrs after his own death. Jesus tells them very simply, as we read in today's gospel, behold, we. In other words, he and them. He didn't tell them, I am going and observe or hear what will happen to me. He tells them very clearly that this is something, a suffering and death that all will experience together. Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem and the Son of Man will be delivered to the chief priests and the scribes. And they will condemn him to death and deliver him to the Gentiles and they will mock him and spit upon him and scourge him and kill him. And then, and only then, after three days, he will rise again. This was, unfortunately, far too much for the disciples to understand. Delivered, condemned, mocked, killed, and then rise? Jesus had been preparing them, and now as these events come closer, Jesus prepares them for the full range of emotions, but unfortunately, and unfortunately to us, we were not listening, and they were not listening or thinking really of what Jesus was saying. Rather, they and us often think of our own convenience. They were thinking of their own future comfort. They realized that Jesus came as a king. But he himself said, my kingdom is not of this world. But that word king continued to resonate in their mind. And they thought, if he is going to Jerusalem to conquer as a king, then let's make sure we put in a good word for ourselves so that when he becomes a king, we are sitting at the right and left side in his glory. They completely missed the point of Jesus' life and death. They unfortunately, and here we also need to insert ourselves, they did not ask how Jesus was feeling that day. They did not ask what they could do to help to comfort him or help him along his journey. Rather, in a very stark and selfish way, James and John said, grant to us to sit one at your right hand and one at your left in your glory. Then Jesus tells them, the cup that I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism with which I am to be baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or to sit at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. Once again, this important theme of preparation. The importance of the contrast between what Jesus was saying and what the apostles were expecting is enormous. And this shows us 
the need for all of us to slow down, to listen, and to prepare in the right way. Careful preparation should be an important part of our daily spiritual life. How long do we prepare for a meeting? How long do we prepare for a vacation? How long do we prepare for a game? Think of the times that you spend preparing for everything that you prepare that you feel is important in your life. And then, especially today and in the coming two weeks, compare that with how long you prepare to come to church and how much time you spend praying, how much time you spend reading the Bible to prepare not only for things around you, but to prepare for eternal life. If we prepare for a test, we will get the right answers, and if we do not, we will leave most questions blank. Unfortunately, when Jesus spoke, it seems like the apostles were fully blank. They missed it because that is what happens when we do not prepare. Now is the perfect time to ask ourselves, what more of Jesus' message could we be understanding and applying if we prepared our, our lives uh, through reading the Bible and prayer? Our private prayers and our prayer together as a community are not meant to be a formality. These are not something we do and then check it off and say that we prayed we got it done, and we're now ready to move on with the rest of our day and on to something else. Sometimes we treat our prayer life as if we are doing God a favor rather than as an opportunity to thank God for His many favors. Next week, we have prayers on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday to prepare us for Palm Sunday, Holy Week, and Easter. I encourage all of you to do your best to attend at least one or more if you can. If for whatever reason you cannot, prepare in some other way by, re by reading either one of the Gospels from beginning to end, or at least the, the last chapters of the Gospels that speak directly of what we are celebrating. Read them slowly. Read them prayerfully and reflect on what Jesus wants to say to you today and for the rest of your life. As we will welcome many guests to our church in the next few weeks, I encourage everyone to arrive early or at least on time and keep a sense of prayer within the church or as we're celebrating outside in the tent for Palm Sunday, Holy Friday, and the vigil. By not treating that place as just um, a fairgrounds, but really uh, focus on prayer and that we are in the church space. This, of course, is an exciting time of year, but more than anything else, it should be a prayerful time that helps us reflect on what we are doing how we can show gratitude to God 
and recommit ourselves to follow him in every single aspect of our life. Now is the time to prepare ourselves for this most holy time of year. It is also the time to prepare ourselves for the fruits that God is preparing for us as a result of our increased prayer and time with him. And now, regardless of whether you fasted or not, from this day all the way to Easter, do your best to prepare every day for the next few weeks in some way, whatever way it is. Jesus loves us so much. In fact, he loved us so much, we say this verse and we take it for granted, that he was willing to die and rise for the dead, from the dead for us. But this is not the end in our spiritual life. This is not just a historic event of the past. Through his death and resurrection, he also invites us to love him with our whole mind, body, and soul. St. Paul tells us in his letter to the Corinthians, chapter 2, 9, what no eye has seen nor ear heard, nor the heart of man conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. How prepared are we to receive the, the graces of his death and resurrection? How prepared are we this time of year to grow in our love for everything that our Savior did for us? And how prepared are we to receive this love in abundance, but also to live it? How we answer these questions will also determine how prepared we are to be, to be true and authentic followers of the crucified and risen Savior.